This is Hannah Nordby with NDSU Adams County Extension, and you're listening to Agriculture Applied. Innovate, relate, create with NDSU Extension. <laughs> We're coming back for the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey would put it. Last week, Monica and I started the conversation of how families can navigate through various challenges that arise in the succession planning process. We're back to complete that conversation, focusing particularly on communication and what we as individuals can do to communicate clearly with our family members. Go ahead, grab a cup of joe, and settle in to ponder innovative ideas and reflect on generational changes, which can help us create a better tomorrow. You're not going to want to miss out. Okay, things were getting a little winded, but we took a pause and we are ready to start with part two. What about when you're working with that older generation and as they're saying like we're going to be passing on these different responsibilities mm -hmm. onto that younger generation. However, there's something that's preventing that older generation to let go of some of the decision-making responsibilities. Um, Common scenario. <laughs> you hit you hit the nail on the head with, I would say, probably 90% of the transitions that are attempting to have happen. Um, that in some form or fashion, the perception is that the older generation is not letting go they're being controlling or they're being resistant or they're being stubborn or something like that. So when I'm talking to the younger generation, some of the things we talk about just in a way of helping them understand is that for many of the older generation, this has been their life. This has been all they've known. This is their identity. They don't have hobbies and things off the farm or ranch that they really enjoy doing because they enjoy egg. They enjoy working. They, it's their life. And so there are some things that happen um, for the older generation that may cause what seems like resistance. And some of that literally is like they are thrown into, uh, I like the term existential crisis. Like if I stop doing this, what does that mean for me? Where do I go? Where am I going to live? What am I going to do with my time? And there are some that feel like if I turn the farm over or the ranch over, I'm just literally waiting to die because I no longer serve a purpose in life. So we have many, many farmers in their 80s and 90s that are still like going out there doing the thing and people think they're crazy, but it's what they know and it's what they love and it's who they are. So sometimes what looks like resistance is literally a difficulty in letting go and in change. And it's a grieving and loss process for the older generation. They're already being faced with you know, physical health declines, decline in their ability to think and make decisions and remember things. It's a hard time. And I think we need to remember that and honor their efforts and their life's work to make it possible 
that the next generation even has a farm to come to. So I always like to kind of put that out there as well as there are three three things that need to be in alignment for change to happen. That's for any of us, any change. Um, when we're looking at needing to make a change, but it's just not happening, one or more of these three things is out of alignment. And what those three things are is the person has to believe the change is important. They need to be confident in their ability to make the change happen, and they need to be ready. And if any one of those is out of alignment, change does not move forward. And it looks like resistance. It looks like control. It looks like trust issues, which it could be. But I just encourage you to dig a little deeper into what's going on with the older generation. If, you know, you're five years into what was a two-year plan and you're not making progress. So, yeah, and I always, you know, I always encourage people to find ways to honor that older generation, whatever that looks like, asking them, how did you make it through the 80s? What was it like when you transitioned, when you took over the farm and you wanted to make changes, but your parents didn't want to make those changes? You know, how, because that brings them back to kind of remembering what it was like, which is happening again. So just some things to think about there um, and honoring, you know, what they've put in, the time they put in, because even if you don't feel like they are using best practices, you don't feel like they're efficient, you feel like they made bad decisions, they did something right for there to be an operation still in existence. So Amen. That's Amen my, yeah. That. I think it can be difficult being that younger generation because you come in and you have these ideas and you're excited about these ideas. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes you just get cold water dumped all over you. But go and be okay. curious. Talk with mom and dad about it. Question why we do X, Y, and Z. And then mm-hmm. I can we come back to this original idea and be like, oh, well, maybe we need to modify it or they tried this aspect of it and that's why it didn't work out and that synergy right it's yeah not just about your idea versus my idea it's how can we come together and collaborate with the end idea being better than what you or I could have come up with by yourself I love that yeah it's like taking the energy of the younger generation the experience and knowledge of the older generation and putting it together And, you know, it's important for us to also understand that, you know, the older generation right now is not usually about risk. They're usually about stability and, um, you know, kind of keeping status quo because it worked for us. And that's what we want to do where the younger generation is. No, let's try this. There's different things. And and so there's a rub there. I remember I asked my dad about that, like when my brother started farming with you, what was one of the things he wanted to do that you were like, no, we're, we're not going to do that or invest in that. And his example, he thought of was my brother wanted to get semis because at the time they were still using, you know, kind of the standard green trucks. And dad was like, no, that's too big of an expense. The green trucks have worked for us all these years. And of course now they have all semis because that was a move that was good, but it took a little bit of talking to make it happen. I would really like to focus on the communication aspect because communicating is 
consistently what I'm hearing from you, Monica, is so important, but it is so difficult, especially, you know, you mentioned we don't want to hurt each other's feelings and we live in the Midwest and <laughs> conflict is really hard for us and we just all want to get along and be happy and but we don't say anything, we don't say anything, we don't say anything and something that started as a molehill all of a sudden is a mountain, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a it lot. is. Yes. Um, I think specifically earlier you mentioned meetings, right? And meetings mm-hmm. and how sometimes you need to take a break and come back to it. In your yeah. example, you were talking about emotions, how emotions can be really big and needing to take a time out. Mm-hmm. When you were speaking on that, what came to mind for me wasn't the emotion aspect, but just understanding our differences and our different personalities and how sometimes we process information differently, right? I always say I'm the worst person to get in an argument with because you can say all your points and then in 12 to 48 hours, I will come back with my response. That's so true. It's good you know that about yourself though, instead of beating yourself up for not having a response right away. Your processor. Can you just share a little bit about what are some of the different personalities and how you can, um, helping us assume positive intent and remembering our quirks about each other and our different communication styles? Yeah, definitely. One of my favorite things to do with families I work with when they're transitioning. Um, so I do, I use a communication styles assessment, but you can kind of figure out what your style is and what other people's style is just by the description. So there are four um, communication styles that I talk about. The first one is is being an action-oriented communicator. So these are the people that it's like, give me the bullet points, give me the bottom line, give me my to-do list and let me go. Like it's all about action, results, moving forward, getting things done. Um, and then the second one is process, like a processor, process communication style, where they take in information, they want details, they want to understand how things work, how it affects the whole process. So they are the thinkers, not that the others don't think, but these people take time to think things through. So for an example, um, I've been in meetings with uh, two siblings who are taking over the farm. One is an action person, one is a processor. And what happens is the action person leaves the meeting thinking we have like our marching orders, we know what to do, we're moving forward. We come back to the meeting in two weeks. The processor has just had enough time to really think through all the things And what the action person thought were decisions already made and decided upon, the processor is like, you know, I thought about this for the last couple of weeks and I just don't see how this would work. And it frustrates the action person because they were like, we're good to go. We're just, you know, we made a decision and we're going. Then third is the people, people the people communicators, and they are all about the team, how the team functions together, how any changes impact people's roles, how any changes uh, affect people's emotions, 
how things will like move forward together. What do we need to do to retain people and keep people happy? So the, the first place their mind goes when they're thinking transitions or changes or procedures is all about the people involved. And then you have your idea people. That's the fourth style. They are like the big picture thinkers. They, um, it, it's like they are thinking of what could we do to make this operation better? Um, how could we expand? How could we bring in agritourism? How could we, you know, breed a different type of whatever? How can we, all these things, they don't process through pros and cons. They're just like throwing out big picture ideas, which can drive the others crazy because it's like, you haven't thought through this. You haven't looked at, you know, this would, this wouldn't work. Why are we even talking about this kind of a thing? So it is important to know how do you communicate? How do the people you work with communicate and not allowing yourself to be frustrated, but more taking it in like, oh, they are just, this is how their mind works. They're seeing the big picture or they have to think things through. There's no quick decisions. They're a processor. And even though people who are like on a farm team working together all want everybody to be the same style, there is incredible value in having someone with each of the four styles on your team because you are going to make sure that your decisions and the way you move forward, like nothing's going to fall through the cracks. Your strategic plan is going to be on somebody's mind. Your people are going to be on somebody's mind. The details of how it works is going to be on somebody's mind. And getting things done, like action steps and an action plan, is going to be on somebody's mind. So you've got it covered. It's really just learning how to appreciate all those styles in each other. And, you know, on the go ahead, Hannah. I was just going to say, appreciate as well as manage your expectations. When I look back on situations where I've been frustrated, it's because I had a certain expectation of how an event was going to go or a meeting was going to go. And then it went a different direction. Mm -hmm. And then I start getting frustrated, right? That's such a good point. Right. Such so you point. can be like, okay, my expectation is maybe I'm an action person and my sibling, they're a processor. So my expectation going into this meeting is we're going to talk about this. We'll have another meeting in two weeks. And I expect them to come back and have some more questions or they're going to want to yes. talk oh, that's through so it good. again. Yes. That's really good. Yeah. Managing your expectations for the people you work with. I love that. Another common question I get around just communicating is, is uh, what if like, especially the older generation just doesn't want to talk about it. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to have a meeting. They're not willing to discuss it. And that can be really tough because they're probably dealing with a lot of the stuff we talked about earlier. Like they're, you know, they don't know what life is going to be for them if they do talk about it and, and they're done farming. So some things that you can do to open that up is just ask them to talk about the history of the operation, how they manage through tough times, 
how they took over, where they see things in five or 10 years, um, and what, you know, what their goal is ultimately for the farm um, when they're not here anymore. So it prompts some hopefully verbalizing of their thoughts and plans and ideas just to get the ball rolling. Yeah, be curious, be respectful. I think about, oh my gosh, when I really sit down and think about, I uh, just that my grandparents got through the 80s, like both sets of grandparents getting through the 80s. And I read that book by Sarah Vogel, the farmer's lawyer. And oh my God, I like cried through half of it because it just tore me up inside that that's what producers went through. And Mm -hmm. just anybody that survived that time I mean, that's all I can. Like, oh, it's huge. Oh. Yeah. And they would have, you know, heard stories about how they got through the depression in the generation mm-hmm. before them. And, and so there's a lot of value there in, in hearing their stories and that may help them kind of open up and be willing to talk about where they see the future as well. Right. Empathy, leading with empathy and looking to understand being patient. Those are all really important aspects. Really important. That's really good. Okay. Well, we're looking to kind of wrap things up officially official. Is there any, anything else that you want to make sure listeners hear today? I think overall, um, you know, just to understand that you need to look at your priorities in life and think about where that falls, where family fits in, where farm fits in, and how how does that guide you moving forward? Because for some people, they really do truly understand that, okay, this is not going to work. We're going to have long-standing resentment if we try to do this together. And so I need to step away, even though this is something I I envision myself doing forever. Hopefully that's not the case, Um, but it's, it's honestly where some people are at. Um, And then I just also encourage everybody to know that you, again, and I'll reiterate this, you are responsible for yourself. You can't control others. You can't make them do something you want them to do. So try not to let other people stuff burden you emotionally and mentally because it really can drain you and then it makes it harder for you to move forward and reach your goals um, that you have so open communication understanding yourself and others understanding you can't control others and looking at your priorities I think would be kind of my I guess my big picture recap I think that's really good and I think my big picture recap, as you were talking about communication, is just to remind people that, you know, a lot of times when we say communication, you're like, oh, I need to communicate more, which I mean, communicating more is important, but even more importantly is communicating clearly. You're always, always communicating by what you're doing, by what you're not doing, what you're following through on, what you're not saying. There's, you're just constantly communicating and just to remember to be intentional 
and conscious of that. It's not that we need to talk for hours and hours and hours if we don't say what we really need to say. Yeah, really good. That's a good, that's a good big, big picture. Yes. Well, thank you again so much, Monica. I know I need to let you go and everything, but uh, it's been a joy. And at any time, I love these conversations. Thank you for listening to Agriculture Applied. It's been a wild ride since launching way back in 2020. For the 2023 season, we are looking to bring listeners a new episode the first Thursday-ish of the month while providing bonus episodes when possible. I would like to extend some final thanks to Sophia Sockwell over on the mix board, Hair and Makeup by Country Style. Our healthy caffeine addiction is supported by the local coffee shop, the Peacock Mercantile, and of course to you, the listener, for your continued support. Agriculture Applied can be heard wherever podcasts can be found. Until next time, take care.